0: Welcome to the Sunshine Girl Podcast. This is a place for growth and honest conversations about life and living it. Relationships, personal development, and everything in between. The Sunshine Girl Podcast belongs to Ghanaian broadcaster Jessica Oparisafuro, who lives and resides in Ghana. You can find her YouTube channel at JessicaOS or find her on Facebook using her name. Welcome once again to the Sunshine Girl podcast. I hope the conversations are beneficial. So let's talk investments. Joining me on air, Group Chief Marketing Officer, Data Bank, Jillian Hammer. We hear her voice every morning on the City Breakfast Show. And today I'm honored to have her sitting right across me. Jillian, so good to see you. I hope you're well. I am very well, Jessica. super. Thank you. Thank you, Super, Thank super, you, super, super, super. Good to see you. So, I'm, I'm glad... That we're going to be talking about investments. Mm. I think it's a timely conversation. Three investment accounts everyone must have. Jillian, tell me about these accounts. (laughs) All
1: right. Thank you. Uh, And thank you guys for having us on the show. Um, Investments is something I am extremely passionate about. I've been talking about it for more than 20 years. And the reason why we have focused so much on three investment accounts that everybody should have is that people take it for granted that the fact that you can go somewhere and put money into an institution means you're financially literate. Mm. Mm. And that's not what it means. So it, it starts from a baseline of education does not equal financial literacy. Mm. And so when it comes to investing and preparing for your finances, there are some key steps you need to take, and one of them is you need to you need to know the why behind any investment that you are making, so that when you make it, it has purpose, it has focus, and it has a target, a financial target that is set to it, and then you can track it. Because hmm. you know, there's a saying that whatever you can't is it whatever you can't track, you can't measure, something to that effect. Right, but Nonetheless, if you decide today, Jessica, that you just want one investment account, but in that account, you are saving for your retirement, you are saving for your kids' school fees, uh, maybe you're saving for a trip, where would you like to take a trip to? Um, Maldives, most likely. All right, you're <laughs> saving for the Maldives. Now, your fridge gets broken, you go into that account and you take money out. Um... Let's say something else comes up and you go in and you take it out. If you are not careful, you keep dipping into this account for different, different reasons. And five years down the road, 10 years down the road, you have nothing. So there are the three investment accounts that we say at a minimum everyone should have is an emergency account. Mm-hmm. The second one is a retirement account. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is at what we call a multi-purpose account or a project account. And I am listing it in that order very specifically. Okay. So I can tell you a bit more about each one. Please. But when it comes to the emergency account, that's your first stop. What you want to do, rule of thumb says, have a minimum of three months worth of your living expenses in an account because you don't know what will happen. So last year, COVID, it taught us, I think, a very brilliant lesson in that you can be the best employee ever you can think that your job is sorted along comes a pandemic that you have no control over, mm. and suddenly you have no paycheck not because you're a great you're not a great employee but circumstances suddenly the company can't afford to pay you no fault of your own mm. so when we say have a minimum of three months, it's living expenses, and I define living expenses by. Needs, not wants. There's a big difference because you want to look at what will cover your food, what will cover your housing, electricity, those utilities. You don't need um, enough to cover maybe wild entertainment or things. So, so we look at your needs and we say, what do you need to live for three months? Have that in an account. It is something you can take time and build slowly. Hmm. You don't need to do it overnight. Likewise, you don't. When you hit your target, you don't need to keep adding to it, because it's just for emergencies. Okay. So the guideline there is: now you make a list of what constitutes an emergency, and if it doesn't, if if what has come up is not on that list, you don't touch that money. So, if you, and everybody's immer- definition of emergency is different. It could mm. be hospital. It could be. Uh, maybe funeral, it could be uh, a car accident, something like that. But a TV on sale is not an emergency. So you don't go into that account to get to buy a TV or to buy a pair of shoes or something. So you put that aside. Then you have your retirement account. And I say retirement is second because, Jessica, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter... Your age, whether you're tall, short, slim, fat, you will retire one day, whether you like it or not. And so you must prepare. There's a statistic that says, you know, out of... And this stat was all the way back in, I think, 2005 is when it first came out. But it said, out of every 100 Ghanaians who turn 60, only two of them can retire comfortably. Wow. So... 23 must, and I say must, not want to, must continue working. 75 will need to depend on SNIT, family, um, charity, some kind of handout. So think about City FM. How many people do you employ? I'm um, About 200. Good. So out of the 200, if you go with that statistic, four people will be able to retire comfortably. Already, I'm in a room with three people. Crazy. (laughs) So, (laughs) if the three of you claim the four, then uh, that leaves one more person. And everybody else is either going to have to keep working or they'll have to depend on someone. It's not... That's not good. Yeah. But too many people think that, you know what, I'm too young. Especially young people. We think we've got time. Hmm. So... We let the time pass, and then when people get to 50 or 55, that's when they now start asking about retirement. So you must have a retirement account. We can talk more about it in detail. But the third account is your multipurpose account. That's the one now that you use to save for vacation, or save for um, a house that you may want to buy, or a car that you may want to buy, or some other expense. But you don't joke with your retirement funds, and you don't joke with your emergency funds. Because if you joke with emergency, you end up dipping into retirement. Hmm. If you joke with retirement, you get to 60, and you're living in your kid's house. Hmm. Not by choice, right. but by force. Or you're perching somewhere, or squatting somewhere. So those are the three accounts that we say must, 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 must have. Interesting.
0: Um, you, you did make mention of something. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people wait until... Um, maybe much later to even consider doing something like this. But Mm -hmm. from where you sit, what's the ideal time to just jump in?
1: The ideal time to jump in as it relates to retirement. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, just all the investments
0: in general. Investments. The first
1: day you get money in your hands. If you take Warren Buffett, who is the single most... um, well, he's one of the wealthiest people, but he is one of the, I, I think, the most well-known investors. Hmm. He started investing at the age of 11. What? And his biggest <laughs> regret, his actual biggest regret, and he says it in print, you can Google it, is that he didn't start earlier. Hmm. Meaning that we, <laughs> We're late. if you're in your 20s <laughs> or you're in your 30s, um, you're already late. Yeah. Wow So I teach my kids like my 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 youngest daughter is twelve, and I teach her when whenever she gets money, just a small portion of it give it to me, I'll put it in an investment for her, just to teach her skills and then by the time they now start to work, then they can now be more deliberate about it but it it is never too early wow it's never too early and it is so never too early. That even when I speak to people about investing for their children, I tell them, you can start before the child is even conceived. You don't even need to wait until there is some dot in there. Start early. Set your kids up for success. So mm. that's, that's the whole premise behind it. Right.
0: So what are some of the key things investors must consider before they mm. invest? I mean...
1: I would say really three key things. One is the why. Why are you investing? There's a reason behind it, and then that will dictate now the steps that you take. So your why is, is it because you want, as I said, to buy a house or a car, or is it for retirement, or is it a vacation? So you have your why. The second thing is now how much time Hmm. is attached to that why. Okay. Every, every why has a time frame, and really the time frames are in three parts. You have short term, which is, let's say, anything less than three years is short term. Three to five years is medium term. Okay. Five years or more is longer term. So if you are somebody who has a project that you want to do in one year, you can't go and invest your money in what they call equity funds. That will be fluctuating. So there are certain types of investments that match it. And I'll explain. So your first thing is why. Hmm. Your second thing is how much time do you have attached to that why. And then the third thing is how you feel about risk. How you feel. And risk is defined as simply how your money moves up and down. Okay. So if you think about um, your investment balance, there are many people who every day they will call us. What's my balance today? What's my balance today? Those people who are always nervous about it going up or down, they have what you call a low risk tolerance. tolerance. Mm -hmm. The medium ones are the ones that they see the movement. They don't always like it, but they're willing to be a bit more patient and see how it goes. And then the high risk tolerance ones are the ones that they can see the money going up and down, but they have a longer term view. They understand investments. They're willing to... Now, the significance of that is if you have a low risk tolerance or you have a short time horizon, it means that you stick with what they call fixed income products. Mm. That's examples of that are treasury bills because they don't move like they're very steady. So you don't see it going up and down. So treasury bills, bonds or fixed income mutual funds like M fund, data bank has M fund. And that one is very steady, very, very steady. It doesn't move around. So you stick with that. Um, If your time horizon is longer or your risk tolerance is medium, then you can take on what they call balanced funds or equity funds. Balanced funds simply are a mix of the fixed income ones that I described Mm. and then now having funds that invest on the stock market as well. So Ghana's Stock Exchange has roughly about 40 companies. And, I mean, you have companies like GCB on it. You've got MTN. Everybody knows MTN, and a lot of people try to buy MTN shares. So you have those things. But the the, the thing with those kinds of companies is that from one year to the next, you don't know how they will perform. And one year can be really good, another year can can be be really bad. bad. And so... If that's what we call balanced funds. It has a mix. It has a mix of like treasury bills and bonds and then some stocks. Because of that mix, you, you'll find that the, your value or your balance goes up and down a bit more mm. from year to year. So if you don't have time or you can't take that movement, you stick with fixed income. Over time, the way you feel can change. So the way you are today is quite different from how you may be five years, ten years from now. Because as you get to know investments more, you may get more comfortable with it. So you don't really mind the movement. Right. Some people never change. And it's fine. There's, there's no right or wrong. There's only you. So those are the three things that we say you must look at where... It, you have to look at why you're doing it. You have to look at how much time you will have. And then you look at how you feel about the movement mm. of, of the money.
0: Can we can we give like a an example? So say my why is because I want financial freedom at the end of the day, and, okay. and before I retire. Right? <laughs> okay. Is, is that a good why to have?
1: Um, it's a bit broad. Mm. It's not even a bit broad. It's very broad. Okay. It, it, it's you. You should try and define it a bit more. It may be that right now you just want to invest and you don't have an a purpose per se. You just know you want to build. Say
0: say I earn 5,000 CDs a month and I want to make sure that at the end of the month Mm -hmm. through my investments, Mm -hmm. I could earn 5,000 or more. Okay. (laughs) You get it. So you earn 5,000 CDs. Let's say. Mm -hmm. And then you want an investment. To get to a point where Mm -hmm. I'm able to amass enough in my Mm -hmm. investment portfolio Mm -hmm. such that I'm earning more than I get in paid income. Yes. What would you do? Yes. Or what should you do? Mm. So the first thing that we would typically look at is, and
1: we have a number of calculators on our website, but we would look at that goal. We would look at, fine, you want a payout of $5,000. let us look at how long you would like that payout for. And then we can actually tell you what that lump sum of money is that you need to get. So it will vary. Um, and after the interview, I can calculate it for you. Right. But. It, it what most people do is they ask us questions that are very general, and we keep saying no. Each person is different, so let us look at what you need, how long you need it for. Because even if I come back to just a retirement conversation for a second, right? Where we always tell people try and you know you'll retire at sixty. That that's the law, but you may not stop working. But nonetheless, you retire at sixty. When you're planning, plan at least to live until 85. Right. People don't like to talk about that. <laughs> but we use <laughs> the 85 as a benchmark. Okay. Now, the, the, the challenge with that is there are some people who their family members live way past 85. My husband, as an example, most of his family members on his mom's side into their 90s, wow. closing in on 100. Wow. There's a lady at work. <laughs> Who her, I think her grandmother is 114. <laughs> wow. So you, you, and that's why we talk about, it's a personal discussion because when you sit in front of somebody like that, where their family history says a hundred, if I tell you to plan to 85, I've done you a disservice. So it, it, it's, it's always important to look at some of these things mm-hmm. as well. Okay. And then we plan.
0: Okay. Cool. So, so I mean, we've talked about, um, you know, things you must consider. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the length of investing, your risk tolerance, um, your why, which mm-hmm. is very important. That would help you um, sort of make the right investment choice. Yes. Correct. Great. So can I just, for instance, when I, I, I start to um, look into investment, mm-hmm. can't you just open, like, say, one account <laughs> for everything, you know, um, because I, I, I know and I hear that you need like separate accounts. So maybe one account for uh, this investment, you know, mm-hmm. portfolio and another for the next. Like, why do you why do you why, why do you, why why do you it need to like separate? That? It. Yeah,
1: because truthfully, most people are not disciplined enough to manage everything in one account and still keep track of the different goals that they have and the targets they have for the different goals. Hmm. So it's always much more um, efficient and it helps you to track better when you can separate it. Now, it can be that you have your three accounts and you have the same product in each of the three accounts because of your time frame and your risk tolerance. But the most important thing is we try to do it in a way that will help people to, to track what they do and not to dip into it. Most people, they don't have that self-discipline. So it's, if you can, if you're one of those people Mm -hmm. and you feel like taking the chance and you think like 20 years from now, you're okay, you'll be okay. You can try, you can definitely uh, try. But we always say it's better to separate it just because it helps you not to dip in more than you should. Right. And, and that's really the main reason.
0: Okay. So so let's just go back for a mm-hmm. bit um, and talk about just investment okay. um, in the purest form. Let's say I earn 3,000 Cedis a month. Mm-hmm. How much would you consider or would you say would be a good amount of my income uh-huh. to put in investment every month?
1: Okay. Um, it will depend on... One, what you can afford at this time. And then secondly, what you're working towards. Now, you can never invest more than you can afford. You shouldn't. And you shouldn't go and take loans just to invest. There are some people who actually even attempt to do that. So kind of what we... The guideline that we give you by way of numbers is to say, okay, let's say you want to have a million CDs by the time you're age 60 and you are age 25 right now if you invest uh, I think it's 89 CDs a month okay and assuming that your money is growing at 15% every year you will get there so 89 CDs if you're 25 if you are 30 and you have that same goal it jumps to 180 CDs okay so it's doubled if you are 35, now it's like 367 CDs. So part of what we can do sometimes when we generalize the conversation is to at least let you see that the earlier you start, the less you will need to invest towards any goal that you have. Um, if you And, and the, what happens is that every five years that you wait... Essentially, the amount you need to invest to whatever goal you have will double hmm. so it is something really important to keep in mind where a lot of people say they know they know they need to do something, and they keep saying, "Okay, I'm going to do it, I'm just waiting on this money to come mama, or, or I'm waiting on something to happen and they keep waiting, not realizing that they're sleeping and waking up and sleeping and waking up, and time is going. Mm-hmm. And time goes really quickly. I mean, we're in 2021. We're in May, almost the end of May. Like this year has flown by, flown by. And that's how it will continue to fly. And so three years from now, you'll realize that, hey, wasn't I having a conversation three years ago? Still haven't done anything. And we see that all the time where we go, we talk to people, we go back a couple years later, and they're still coming to ask us the same question. How do I open an account? (laughs) Um, So the the... The the key is know that the earlier you start, the better. Every five years you wait, it will double. So simple math says start early. Uh, start with what you can. But part of the reason why we always try to get people to figure out that target is you may not have enough money to start at the level you should start today, but at least if you know it in the back of your head. So it's what we call an investment number, or on the retirement side, your retirement number. But that number is the monthly amount you should be putting away. So let's say, Jessica, that you have a target of your for a project, and it's 100,000 CDs that you need to do that. Um, and based on your age, let's say you may need to put away 300 CDs a month. You can only afford to do 100. Okay. Most people will say, well, I can't, I don't have 300, so let me wait. No, what we say is start with your 100. But because you know you have this target in your mind, if you get some excess funds, then you take it and you add it. Most people, they get the excess funds and they spend spend it. it. It's gone. Um, And then they're still looking towards this target. So that's the benefit of really knowing what you need to invest to whatever goal. It's not necessarily that... By all means, you have to have that amount on you right now. No. Right. But when you know, somehow, mentally, it, it just, it, it gets you thinking more. You don't take, you, you just don't take things for granted as much. That's, that's the key behind it. Hmm. And that's the message I hope um, everybody will take. Right. Today.
0: Well, my guest in the studio is Gillian Hammer, um, <laughs> Group Chief Marketing Officer of Data of Bank. Uh, we're on the segment Time with Your Investor today. We're talking about three investment accounts everyone must have. Uh, she talked about emergency fa- funds um, or emergency investments, uh, multi-purpose and retirement. When you were making your submission, you said something about not taking loans for investment because people mm-hmm. do that. I didn't actually know they did that, mm-hmm. but but why not? Because for instance, mm-hmm. like if you talk about fixed. Um, deposit, uh-huh. deposit <laughs> and whatnot. Uh-huh. If I know, okay, so I've taken a loan, say I'm supposed to pay back in six months, and mm-hmm. I can go and do a 91-day treasury bill, for instance, mm-hmm. and get whatever amount on it. Isn't that like a smart way to just get around it? So in principle, it's smart. But the the,
1: the, the practical side of that is that people are greedy. So many people did that same strategy where... And, and I'll give you an example. It, this happened, I think it was 2017 or 2018. There was this online company, investment company that came up. And they were promising investors. They had three different packages. There was a, a knight's package, a queen's package, and a king's package. The knight's package was giving you 40% a month. Um, the queen's package was 60% a month, and then the king's package was 100% a month. Students. So, Jessica, there were two groups of people that really got slaughtered because the company obviously went out of business, I think, like, a year later, ran away with everybody's money. But in the meantime, for the year that they were there, uh, you had the two groups that really got hit were students because they took student loans took it to the company thinking they could turn it around quickly. Mm, mm, The company mm. disappeared and their money is gone. And now they have a loan. The other group, lawyers, doctors. And that's why I started off today saying that education does not equal financial literacy. We should never mistake the two. Mm. Nobody is saying you're stupid. But when it comes to investments, there are certain principles that you should know. Unfortunately, they don't teach it in the universities. Like investments is not a class. So it, it's it's a deficiency on on our part nationally that we're not teaching this to more people. But the fact is, when people take the loans, the interest rate on the loan is high. Right. So a treasury bill won't cut it. Most people who are taking loans will now go looking for some high interest rate investment, and,
0: and those are the ones
1: that are risky that fall apart. Right. So, good intention, bad idea.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, let's bring in a couple of our listeners. Um, let me see. This one is from Kobe in Medina says, my siblings and I would like to open an investment account for the payment of our children's school. Mm-hmm. Please ask your guests the best investment we can consider. Okay.
1: Um, very easy. I would recommend uh, databank. We have a product called Eddie Fund. It's an educational investment fund. But the beauty of it is that it has two parts. One is a short-term part. So, because most of us who pay school fees, you have, we're paying school fees every term, every semester. But we're also thinking of saving for our kids' university fees as well. So with this fund, you can actually put money into Tier 1 that you can take out for your termly fees. And then you have a Tier 2, which is a longer-term ver- portion of the same fund okay. that you this is if you're keeping it five years or more you put the money in it also has built-in life insurance so that it matches whatever money you have in there as well if something should happen to you up to twenty thousand so it 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 makes it really easy for you to invest and it gives you the flexibility again whether you're investing for short term or long term you've got the option so Mm -hmm. that would be my recommendation
0: Papa Bill Gates in Tessano says, ask your guesser <laughs> what percentage of your salary or income should go into these investment accounts? Um, I asked you something similar. Okay. Can um, you give us a percentage?
1: Well, the guideline that we generally try to give is you should try and put like 10% of what you earn Into it. It, it, You know your own financial strength, Papa Bill Gates. That's a very interesting (laughs) name. But um, the the general guide is if you can at least do 10%, it's something.
0: But your targets then would define it a bit more. Okay. I'm 27 years, says this message. My target is 1 million by the age of 60. How much should I invest now? I have EPAC and M Fund accounts at Data Bank.
1: Okay. If you are similar to the example that I gave, if you're 25, you would need to invest 89 CDs a month, um, assuming that it's growing at 15% a year. So if you're 27, you're not too far off. You're looking at um, maybe between 90 and 100 CDs. We can calculate it for you. But the what I would add is what we try to tell people is that amount... Because it's a flat amount, it doesn't. It's not adjusted for inflation. Okay. So what we recommend is every year you try and increase the amount that you put in at least by the inflation amount, so that over time it doesn't lose value Barely. as well. Right.
0: Now, so I didn't hear uh, much about the third uh, account, though. I believe it's the uh, project, project. purpose yeah, account. Yes. So really, the
1: with the third account, it was simply about. After you've set aside money for emergency and retirement, then you open a third account. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it John Mensa Project. You can use it for your wedding, everything. It's, the whole point is just keeping it separate from mm. the other two and then building in there. But you can use the same products, EPAC, B BFund, whatever matches you um, in that account
0: as well. Alright. Dora says, kindly thank your guests for me. She came because of me. <laughs> well, thank you, Jillian. You're welcome, Dora. And sorry, so <laughs> thank much. you so much, Jillian It's a always pleasure.
1: a pleasure. Indeed. Indeed. Have a wonderful day. You too, thank ma'am. Thank you all.
0: Alrighty. Thank you so much for listening to the Sunshine Girl podcast. I hope you found the thoughts, ideas, and conversations beneficial. I'm glad you spent time with me today. I hope I gave you value. Please come back soon.